Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose podcast. I'm Anne Milton and I chair the Purpose Health Coalition. And I'm very pleased to say that we've got with us today Patricia Davis from Shropshire Community Health NHS Trust. Um, you're the CEO there, Patricia. I am, yes. So let's start by you telling us a little bit more about your area and the community that you serve, Patricia. Sure. Um, so community services, a lot of people understand when you talk to them about running a hospital, what a hospital does. Most people tend to think of health services as being the big shiny building on the hill known as the hospital and or GP surgery. But um, there's a lot, a whole broad range of healthcare services that are provided in the community and that's what we do in Shropshire Community Health Trust. We provide a, a broad range of community services to both adults and children and uh, we cut across the whole area of Shropshire, Telford and Reekin. There's a 900 square miles of, uh, of, uh, of area serving a population of 511,000. That's very precise, isn't it? We're a, we're a growing population. Um, and so we provide a range of services from what's traditionally been seen as the community nurse or the district nurses, health visiting services, right through to a whole range of specialist therapists, doctors um, and other healthcare professionals. And indeed, we work with social care as part of our services as well. 85% of what we do is in people's homes, but we do have healthcare facilities and buildings, health centres that we provide services out of, including five community hospitals of which three have inpatient beds. We have 85 inpatient beds. We also have things like minor injury units uh, and, uh, and various other specialist units. We run dental services, for example, which is quite unusual for a community trust. We have uh, we run both general dental uh, surgeries as well as specialist dentistry for people with learning disabilities and complex needs. So a whole range of other services that are predominantly out of hospital and in people's homes, but we do run services from buildings too. So that's that's kind of a, a broad sort of a, a outline of, of what we provide. As I say, um, the population we serve is about 511 across Shropshire, Telford and Reeking, but we do provide services to other areas outside of Shropshire, Telford and Reeking, including into Wales and Powys. Um, sort of about 20% of our activity is actually in the Welsh borders as, as well. So we, we're far reaching in that sense. And our area covers, uh, we've got both urban conurbation, um, but predominantly we're rural, 60% of Shropshire, Telford and Reekin is, is rural. Um, and another interesting statistic that about 60% of our population are over the age of 65. So we, that raises some interesting challenges for us, both in terms of rurality as well as age. So you've got a, a big area, a big population, and with... 85% of your care delivered in people's homes. You must have a unique insight into what their needs are and um, how, particularly during the camp pandemic, um, they were affected. Uh, completely. And, and uh, 
certainly in the first wave, there was a huge pressure on acute services and, and critical care beds and ITU. And we saw that in every news bulletin. But, you know, a lot of patients then had to return home. Lots of patients who've been in hospital for eight, nine months that needed their rehabilitation. And in fact, in our uh, one of our last board meetings, we had a, we heard a patient story. It was a gentleman in his uh, mid fifties, uh, full employment, working, uh, received COVID, um, ended up in ITU and was in hospital for eight, nine months and left hospital. And uh, it, it was quite interesting, his description of, he said, hospital saved my life, the community services and the therapists gave me back my life in terms of independence, uh, and getting back to a normal life. And that's what we do in community services, that we, we do help save people's lives, but what we, we do is to try and get them back living fully within the community. So uh, as a former district nurse myself, I completely recognise that. And it, it is why the work that you do is so invaluable. I also know that you were the lead provider on the vaccination programme, and that must have presented quite a lot of challenges, particularly with such a rural area, but also some opportunities as well, Patricia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back in the early days of vaccination, when we had um, predominantly Pfizer, which was uh, a vaccine that didn't like to be moved around a lot. And so we had to deliver it, deliver it with big fridges from predominantly hospital sites where people had to come to us. Um, and because of all of the clinical governance associated around it and making sure that we were delivering those vaccines safely, it was a, it was a bit of a challenge, particularly to get um, the population in some of our disconnected areas and mainly rural areas into us. So there was a lot of uh, logistics in terms of communication and our service therefore played a huge role in that communication piece and identifying patients the most vulnerable patients and how we could logistically make sure particularly if they had difficulties around transportation or they were very elderly or frail how would we how we would get to them their vaccines so that created some challenges uh, in terms of um, where we we're going to place some of those units so that we could be accessible and get the accessibility and the logistics well sorted out um, but but the opportunity absolutely in as the, we've moved through the vaccination program um, and in fact Shropshire Telford and Reakin as a system the integrated care system we're the lead provider but this delivery is a joint effort between all of health and social care providers and that that was quite a, a good opportunity in terms of different ways of working looking at different contracts being flexible about HR contracts, not losing any of the safety in terms of training and development for staff, but operating, let's say, removing some of the bureaucratic boundaries around, yeah. well, you've got to have this badge and work for this organisation in order to give this tablet because you're authorised to be able to deliver it. And, and instead, what we did is work together around those HR, moving the bureaucracy, sharing the training and development, not only of various clinicians, but also volunteers, people that had no vaccination experience, um, but also using data and information. So um, with our wonderful uh, directors of public health in both our local authorities, who's absolutely superb, um, looking at our health inequalities data in a different way. So our vaccine programme was very much, we have three buses, they're old style sort of London type buses, Bob, Betty and Basil. We like an alliteration. Marvelous. Marvelous. 
<laughs> Bob, Betty and Basil, who uh, travel around. Uh, Betty is very much Telford and Reeking based. Bob is very much Shropshire based. And Basil tends to you know, go wherever he's needed uh, across the whole conurbation. And um, getting out to people, um, getting out to big industries where we have uh, high numbers of Eastern European workers and uh, workers who, whose English English is not their first language um, uh, and spending time with them um, talking to them about the vaccine and, and particularly the bus and, and looking at the health inequality state and literally going and knocking on people's doors and saying look hey Anne can we tell you about the vaccine program and can we book you uh, your vaccine and Bob the bus is just around the corner um, and having that conversation with people um, and particularly getting out to some of our um, what is being termed as, and I hate this saying, <laughs> hard to reach communities. They're not hard to reach, they've hardly been reached. Nobody's bothered to have a conversation with them. Getting out and talking to our homeless communities in some of our uh, areas which have never had been touched by health and social care before. We've always had that kind of view of, um, well, we provide a range of services. Why aren't people taking these services up? when you live in, in, a, in a, a chaotic lifestyle, if you take somebody that's homeless, that has many other issues to think about, um, it's not that people are against having the vaccine, it was just that they had many other health and other priorities to deal with. And so going out and actually uh, contacting those individuals and having the conversation and indeed listening about their experiences of health and making every contact count. So not just looking at how we, not just giving the vaccine, which is essential in terms of protection, but also looking at how we can help that individual, but really understand not just that individual's needs, but that particular community's needs as well. And that, that helps with planning, that helps with your kind of thought and view around how you can deliver health and care more effectively in an empowering way to those communities. So, I mean, those cliches, you know, hard to reach, um, make every contact count. Um, what you've done with those is turn them a little bit on your head and use the vaccine programme and the opportunities it presented, reaching people who we do hardly ever reach to really have an impact on their health because you, like many areas, will have inequalities that are born out of um, lifestyle, chaotic lives, all sorts of things, marital breakdown, can produce chaos in people's lives, which means that they disappear from the services that are out there that can help them. So this has been a great opportunity for you, Patricia. Uh, absolutely. And in fact, using that data, that heat map and the conversations, not just the data of where people are, because the data can tell you one thing. When you actually get out into the communities, you see what that data is in real life and actually those numbers mean something very very different but having the physical conversations and building the trust the one thing that you will know from your own district nursing experience when not just dealing with individual patients but communities building that trust um doing what you said you were going to do um listening and appreciating some of the difficult circumstances that people are in rather than here I am, here's the service, take it or leave it kind of thing uh, is, is, is really important in order to um, support people in, uh, in, in them becoming healthier individuals uh, in the long term. But that trusting relationship and that listening and acting is really important. And we've battled with inequalities in health 
for decades, really, not really reducing them significantly. But the sort of work that you're talking about actually could start to have a real impact on the health and well-being of your local population. Um, albeit, of course, that there will be service implications for that. Patricia, and I, I know that the NHS is facing unprecedented vacancies at the moment. It, it would be useful to know how you, you in Shropshire are, are dealing with some of those workforce challenges. Yeah, and uh, actually it becomes even more acute in areas such as ours, in rural areas where um, public transport is limited, uh, people don't necessarily have the money for cars and uh, the cost of petrol at the moment is, uh, is very exclusive. House prices tend to be much higher. There's a limited limited rent uh, availability, so that becomes even more complex in 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 rural areas than in than big urban areas. So we're working very closely with our local authorities around the housing issue in particular, in terms of supporting some of our staff and offering people um, rented accommodation uh, mm -hmm. and helping them support supporting them within that kind of rented accommodation, making sure that they're linked in from a from a local authority point of view in terms of getting all of the benefits that they possibly can, uh, but also providing training and development. I've got a really good vignette story of uh, one of the uh, one of our uh, patients who's become a healthcare support worker uh, through the vaccination programme uh, later on in life. And she's uh, she's now become a, a sort of a phlebotomist within some of our services and very good phlebotomy service uh, she provides too. I've had my own blood taken from her and, and, and uh, very, very, very effective. Um, but at the age of sort of 55, 56, she said she, she'd worked in predominantly low paid uh, supermarket and other type jobs. She thought that healthcare wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't that it wasn't for her, but she'd never seen it as an option um, because that wasn't for people like her that came from her kind of neighborhood. She didn't have the kind of qualifications. And uh, through the vaccination program, not only being a recipient of the vaccine program, but also, um, volunteering and then uh, sort of training uh, in giving the vaccine but then staying with us and becoming employed as healthcare support worker uh, and becoming a phlebotomist she's now got regular work that she feels very valued in and she's delivering a service to people that's making a difference and she kind of said if I'd have known about this 10 or 15 years ago you know um, actually maybe maybe I would have gone on and, and done my nurse training or, or something like that so getting out there and working with the communities in delivering the vaccine and having that conversation doesn't just have an opportunity in terms of uh, protecting them in terms of delivering healthcare, but it's also an opportunity to say here are the uh, here are this is what we can provide you as a health service um, and come and work with us so we're doing a number of things of having the conversation with the population raising awareness around um, there are many roads to Rome if you're interested in a career in health or social care whether it be a fantastic health care support worker and a phlebotomist right up to becoming a neurosurgeon then we can provide those kind of pathways and indeed support in terms of education so we have a number of working with local colleges and schools apprenticeships we have something called the tna training nurse associates these are individuals that have perhaps not got the basic qualifications to go in and do their nurse training straight away. They've come up through the healthcare support worker route 
and have done various other courses to get them to a position whereby they can then get on a foundation course to become a nurse. So we've got those kind of things going on. And we've got uh, a number of different training routes and opportunities for people. So, um, and we, and because of our challenge, you know, our kind of view is we can, we can, we can secure you with a full-time job and that can lead on to whatever you want it to lead on to. But we're in the position where we can offer people uh, substantive posts and some support in terms of their living expenses uh, to, uh, to really start to build that workforce and not just see it as a workforce for Shropcom, but provide a workforce across the acute sector into uh, primary care and local authorities as well to make those as attractive as possible. And I think the great thing about the example that you give is we do often concentrate on, on young people and making sure that young people know what opportunities are available. But actually, we mustn't forget slightly older people who, for whatever reason, didn't do well at school, didn't get many qualifications but have lots of skills that not only give them a great job and, and as you say, a pathway towards a, a career maybe, um, but also give them a, a very rewarding role that they can start to play. And of course, that feeds into their families as well. So it's young people and older adults too. And you're obviously doing a lot of work and, and working with the local colleges to make sure people who maybe wouldn't have considered a route in healthcare of, of any description, making sure that they get additional training, get on apprenticeships. And, and that is, of course, how we equal opportunity for all and make sure that we close the gaps on what careers and, and opportunities are available to not just younger people, but over people, older people as well. And, and tell me, Patricia, just tell me a little bit before we finish about your own route into the job that you do now. You're now CEO of a, of a large community healthcare trust. What took you in this direction? Um, well, I'm a woman from Wolverhampton. So if, it, if people don't know Wolverhampton, it is one of the most deprived areas in England and Wales, but a fantastic place uh, and a fantastic town. Um, and uh, I'm second generation actually health service. So my mother was a, a nurse. She, she was uh, 40 years older than me. So she joined the health service in 1948, this newfangled thing called the health service and was one of the first cohorts of trainees through um, the NHS system. So uh, I've got a, a strong family history of people working in public service and, and in particular the health service. And so there's a huge passion there from, a, from an individual perspective and a family perspective. Did the usual uh, through school and college um, and also voluntary work at, at New Cross and uh, local hospitals around, including Bridge North Cottage Hospital, and uh, really was quite excited about the idea of following in my mother's footsteps and, and taking a career into nursing. So I went off to university first and then trained as a nurse in, in Wales and, and then came back. And my first clinical post as a, as a community nurse, as a district nurse, was in Shropshire Community Health Trust. And so I've come back home and um, you don't get many opportunities in your career to actually come back to the place that you started your career and had huge pride uh, as a district nurse in uh, Shropshire Telford to come back and see the fantastic work that our staff have continued to do over the 24, five years I've been in the southeast and, uh, and, and wanting to continue that journey. It is 
it is the best working in the health services that despite the frustrations and moans and whinges about uh, lack of funding we could always do with more funding and and that might be a podcast for another day but um, it is absolutely the best and working in community services and being a, a district nurse of course is it's a privilege to work and deliver care in people's homes and to support them and their families from uh, from 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 absolutely the cradle to end of life. I mean, for us in the Purpose Health Coalition, Patricia, it's fabulous to have you as one well of our, our partners. And I think, you know, what you demonstrate so vividly is is the passion that you feel for the job. And you know, your staff are very lucky and. Let's hope it would be lovely to feel that some of the young people and all the people who never thought that a job in healthcare was going to be available for them would listen to this mm. because, you know, you're a great advert for it. And it, it, not only does it give you a great career, but as you rightly say, and, and I felt it in my career, the rewards are, are, are phenomenal. Just helping that one person who maybe hadn't had any contact with health services you know, who you met through the vaccination programme, had the vaccination and then was more plugged into all the services that were available to support them and help them get on with their life and, and maybe get into work eventually. So Patricia, thanks so much for your time today. Um, I think Shropshire is a real inspiration and we look forward to continuing to work with you as part of, a part of the Purpose Health Coalition. Thanks very Fantastic. much. Thank you very much for your time, Anne.